Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. Thanks for downloading. I'm your host, Wes Shank, and I'm here today with our co-host and general manager, David McDerris. Each week, we review the latest, greatest happenings in wind and solar and how they'll impact your alternative energy projects. If you'd like more information about anything you hear on the podcast, check out our educational resources at windandsolar.com, including links to over 300 of our YouTube videos. Also now, over about 112 podcast, which is awesome. Or feel free to reach out to our Seymour-based sales team at 417-708-5359. You can also email them at sales at windandsolar.com. And if you really want to get in depth, David will buy you a Subway sandwich at our workshops in Seymour. And you can get details on all of this on our website, windandsolar.com. And you can also sign up for our newsletter there and get all kinds of great information in your inbox. So, David, we had a great podcast here just a little while back about 12, 24, 48 volt wind turbines, etc. And now we've decided we're going to get into MPBT and what that means in the wind. And we've actually got a really cool new addition, correct? That is correct. Yeah. And... I actually heard Sam talk with somebody about this, that in some ways, this is actually a better controller than even some that we do with, like with the Midnight Classic. Yeah, yeah. We have, for our wind turbines, of course, we've always made our bulk style controllers, which is our three-pal, three-pal dual, Sky 440. Years past, we could use Xantrax, C65s. I mean, there was multiple controllers that you could use on the market. And they were all diversion-based controllers, right? And so that's the only issue with them. Not really an issue. I mean, the only con of those was the efficiency factor on them. They were just not as efficient as some of the other controllers like the MPPT style on the market. And that went on for a number of years. And it wasn't really ever an issue because everything we did was flooded lead acid or AGM style batteries. And that went on for many, many years. Which is just a variation of lead. Right. Just a variation. It's just a sealed battery, no off-gassing, things of that nature. Then here comes lithium to the market and it changes everything. So lithium changed everything because of their charging parameters. Unlike flooded lead acid and AGM, who could take some punishment as far as higher (laughs) voltages and things of that nature and keep on working, the lithium could not do that. They have a BMS system built into most all their battery technology, and it wouldn't allow it. So the high voltage would come in and it'd say, no, I'm shutting off. You're not going to do that to me. I'm just going to shut off. We had to go to a powwow meeting and have a workaround on that deal. And the Midnight Classic was always able to do wind or solar. So with that, we were able to orchestrate a board that utilizes the Midnight Classic, either the 150 or the 250, depending on the voltage input that you needed, depending on the turbine and the battery bank you were using. And at that point, you would program the curve into this in your charging parameters, and you could stay well within the charging parameters on the lithium battery, making them the only capable controller that we had to charge lithium batteries. Our, our name for it was the CBSU Classic BRD board. And there again, it was in a 150 or, or a 250. And so this was all pre-built on a board. All you had to do was literally install your turbine wires, hook it up to the battery bank. Actually, you do that in opposite, hook it up to the battery bank and install your <laughs> turbine wires. Order of operations. Wires. That's right, order of operations. And then turn on the switch, program your curve. Everything would work. We've done this at Wes's house. We've sold 
literally hundreds and hundreds of these controllers. And they're a great controller. Their biggest con was they were a little bit more on the more expensive side of controllers. Yeah. And what's one cost? About $2,100, yeah. okay. so So about $2,200. Now, what they didn't do or what they did do and did very effectively is they took in whatever voltage was coming in. So say your 48-volt turbine, like we talked about in the last podcast, say your 48-volt turbine was coming in, was in high wind, coming in at a 35-mile-an-hour wind and coming in and say, 190 volts. Well, they were bringing 190 volts. Well, the MPPT knew to change that because of the curve, it would change that and it would increase that amperage. And so instead of coming in real high voltage into the battery, it would come in at high amperage into the battery. So long as that battery needed that high amperage. There again, we're still always talking about being in bulk state of charging here. As we talk about in the charge controls, and that's what they do, right? That's the that's what they do of what they're supposed to do. They are supposed is, to regulate the charge into the battery, keep the battery, and especially MPPT is always looking at the battery, trying to do the maximum power point track. I mean, it is literally trying to always give the maximum and the best voltage and amperage into that battery bank. And that's regardless. I mean, it does the same thing wind or solar for wind that matter, or right? solar. I mean, that's right. that, that is that load on solar as well. It's got to make sure that it's doing that effectively right. and not screwing up your batteries. Right. And so it's always just running an algorithm through the it's just a program deal and it's running all I mean it constantly. I mean And that's the big thing that we talked about with the classic. We've had another episodes before and we always get these questions or these comments about, well, I've only got so many amps. You know, we have to constantly go back with wind and say you're only right. looking at half of the... Looking at half of the equation and the full equation is watts. I mean, what is the wattage that it's doing? Well, and more specifically, though, from what uh, what I'm learning here every day, is that voltage is what it's really trying yeah. to regulate. And it has to, it, yeah. That's what it's looking at. And then the back out on that is always going to be amps, right? Right, I mean, right. It's going to either slow down and or it's going to enact. I mean, that's why we call it the CBUSU Classic VRD. It's going to enact, if it gets too much voltage, it's going to enact the VRD. And it's going to reduce that voltage by putting excessive load on the turbine through a set of resistors that's built into that box. That's what it's doing. Midnight would call it clipping. They would call it a clipper, and they were clipping the voltage. So it's knocking that voltage down. But again, what I was getting at, it's the voltage that it's concerned about. Yeah, it's the voltage. because And it's like, well, my voltage has to be this, so that means... Regardless, my amperage is blah. Right. It's the plug figure, if you will. Right. Yeah. So that's what it's always concerned about is the voltage because that's the only thing it can test from the battery. It can't test how many amps are in the battery or anything of that nature. That's a very, very tough, very precise piece of equipment that has to do that. And there's really nothing on the market that could do that in any style controller. So all it can do is test for the voltage state of the battery. So if the voltage state of the battery is at this, Depending on what you told it, right? Or, or it stop says, sending. Hey, slow that down, or may even stop sending totally. It could actually even go into resting mode. Where if the battery gets totally, totally full, there's no reason. And what happens then at that point? It just starts sending everything through those resistors. I mean, because the voltage would ramp up to the point that it would always send through the resistors and just keep load on it through that way. And the midnight, we've had that in place for years and years yeah. and years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, that's been going on for, I mean, we've been using midnight. And still do. Yeah, and still do. And it's still a great controller. And we'll still have its place always and forever in our systems because of the abilities that it does have. Now, there's a new one on the market, the new kid on the block. And one reason why that we would always keep the this controller, the classic controller on the market is for higher wind zones. 
Because if I'm in a higher wind zone, I definitely need to use the CBSU Classic Border. If I'm in Kansas, Oklahoma, Montana, any state west of the Missouri, the state line in Missouri west of that, out to the Rocky Mountains, you'll want to use the CBSU Classic Border. Because more than likely, you're going to see a lot of times, and especially if you're in the flat country, you're going to see average wind speed of 20 mile an hour and greater. That really needs to use the classic VRD board in that situation. Now, the new kit on the block is the CBSU Smart Boost. So this is the only controller on the market that we know of, and we've looked extensively. Because we'd have bought it. Yeah, because we would have bought it or we would have tried to. This is the only controller on the market that takes voltage in from a turbine and can boost the voltage up. The lots and lots of them can buck the voltage down, but this one can actually boost it up, okay, and buck it down if it needs to. So let's say that we're using a 12-volt turbine and we want to charge a 48-volt bank. Just like the LMPPTs, it's looking at the voltage on the battery and says, okay. Can I overcome it? I need to go ahead and reduce the amperage and increase the voltage so I can overcome the resistance on the battery so I can start putting charge into this battery bank. That is a game changer because what that does is take all these people that had low wind speeds of 9, 10, 11 mile an hour, and it now allows them to boost up and start charging more effectively on their turbine or on their battery bank and start getting some charge into that battery bank. And let's talk about that for just a second, because in charging batteries, the only thing you have to do is get over that battery's yes. voltage. Yes. Doesn't care if it's a teeny tiny amount of amperage, you'll still put it You're in You're still there putting something in. As long as you can get over the voltage. Right. You have to exceed the voltage. Just like having an air tank and then having a tire. If the tire's got 30 pounds of pressure and your air tank's got 30 pounds of pressure, you're not putting anything in it. You have to have at least, and usually, just like a wind turbine, usually you have to have about 10 to 20% more voltage than the actual battery bank. So if you have a 12-volt battery bank, you have to have somewhere between, because a lot of times the battery bank's going to be somewhere around 12.4 volts, you're going to need somewhere in the range of about 14 volts to actually start being put charged back into that battery bank. Now, I think I overheard Sam talk about this, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. I thought I heard him say that there are some instances where this was actually a better unit due to you having some inconsistencies in your wind. Correct. Yeah. So what this controller does that the VRD does not, which there again, the VRD, great controller. But what this one does is it, it actually learns. As it's hooked up, the longer this is hooked up, the better off this controller will work because it has a memory bank and this memory is constantly looking and seeing. So maybe you're in turbulent wind areas, dirty wind area, what we call it. And that's just the only place you could locate your turbine. That's just the only place you could put it. That's fine. So what this is going to do is it's going to start learning that pattern and say, okay, I see what's going on here. I'm going to start, you know, instead of putting an excessive load on there, I'm going to keep that load off just a little bit because I know if I do that because of this. It's going to rise and fall and rise and fall. It, I, yeah, I may just be on a wave all the time. Whereas I just back it off, I can get a consistent charge into that battery bank. That's one thing this controller does do is it, it does all that itself. It's a self-learning controller. 
Now, the big difference in this is on the CBSU Classic board, VRD board, there again, we would be voltage-specific. So if we were doing a 12-volt bank, we'd have sold you a 12-volt turbine. If you're doing a 24-volt bank, we'd have sold you a 24-volt turbine, so on and so forth up the line, right, to 48-volt. On the Smart Boost, we only use 12-volt turbines in the duals and the singles. So the, in our Frontier series and our Legacy series, we only use 12-volt Reason being is it has a smaller input value. It can only go up to a certain amount of voltage, and we know our 12-volt turbine will not exceed that so long as it's capable of putting load on that larger. So what it will do is boost that voltage up. Say you put it on a 48-volt bank, it will boost that voltage up to charge that 48-volt bank with a 12-volt turbine. 12-volt turbines are negligible in the cost difference, but like we've talked about in the last podcast, they do have a lot larger wire diameter on them. And so in the higher wind events, you're going to have less likely chance of burning up that stator in that turbine. So the 12-volt turbine is what's used with the Smart Boost technology. So that really gives somebody also the advantage. They say, well, I've got a 12-volt turbine, and we deal with this all the time. I originally started out a 12-volt turbine, and now I want to go ahead and change my battery bank to the new lithium 48-volt batteries. What do I need to do here? Great. Easy enough. You're going to have to replace your controller because it no longer works because that was for 12 volt. Now you can buy this smart boost controller and you can add your 48 volt lithium batteries or any style battery. It doesn't discharge lithium batteries. It will do any style battery just like the CBSU would do as well. It will charge that 48 volt bank of that new lithium and or any any battery chemistry. So instead of having to buy multiple new components, you really only have to buy that one new component. And it's pretty dry. If I've seen, you know, there's a couple of buttons on the screen where you- Yes, really simple uh, to operate. It. And yeah. actually it detects your battery. It detects battery voltage, any- just like the CBSU does. There's no need to, unlike the CBSU Classic, there is no need to program there again because this one's self-learning. It learns it itself, puts the own algorithms and, it's, and learns it itself. What is, I think it's, is it 1300 bucks? Thing. Yep, twelve ninety nine. Yeah. So it's half the cost. I say half, almost yeah. half the cost that allows you to charge lithium. So we've really narrowed that gap on being able to charge lithium batteries versus the old bulk style controller that could not do that. So now, if I'm listening to this, the only downside is that it can't do the higher voltages. Correct, correct. But it can still charge the higher voltage. It can charge them, but if you just can't accept, if it. you're in an environment where you Right. You have if, to have the higher voltage. Right. Let's just say that you were in a 12 volt, currently own a 48 volt turbine of ours. There again, you were in flood of lead acid and you said, I'm switching over to the lithium bank. At that point, we cannot sell you the smart boost to go with that 48 Because volt. the potential for that to rise above that input voltage Correct. is, is it there. Would, it would overcome and it. it. Would, but burn up your... Right. It could burn the controller up. It, okay. it, I don't know if I'm saying it's going to burn it up. The controller's going to fault out. It's not going to allow that. So, Well, so have we got plans to move that into the higher voltages? At this current time, that controller is the only voltage range that it can accept. We were constantly looking at it, but <laughs> right now that's just it. But we've had these now on the market for just a little bit. We've had three customers call us back that have installed them. And they are getting great results, even on the 48-volt banks. We haven't sold one yet that's went to a 12-volt bank. They've all went to 48-volt bank. Interesting. They are getting some amazing results off these controllers. Okay. So. All right. And so if you want to pick up one of those, give us a call or go online. They're on the website. And the sales guys are here if you need to ask some more questions about them. But it's a really exciting unit to have on hand. What else do we need to talk about on this? 
Nothing. It's just, there again, as lithium comes on the market, this is a solution for your wind turbines to be able to charge those lithium banks because AGM and flood of lead acid, even though they're going to be around for quite some period of time, lithium is really just now taking market share because of the cost on them. They're really getting down on the cost. So we are your go-to store for that one. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. All right. Cool, David. I think we're good on that. And thanks for checking out our podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach, like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening.